At KDLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive, and we don't black down. I'm Tavis Smiley. She is Dion Raymond. I'm delighted to have her live in studio. This is uh, my first time ever uh, talking to Dion on the radio, as you uh, as you well know, for weeks now. Uh, you've heard her every day at 435 uh, during uh, Ariva's program, Ariva Martin in real time. Uh, we was program every day, 4 to 6 p.m., and uh, we are glad about it. Ariva does a great job every day. Uh, but we um, decided, I decided some weeks ago, that what we needed was to have our own justice correspondent, somebody who'd be in the courtroom every day monitoring this, covering this like a blanket, and uh, reporting directly to our audience. It worked out that this particular judge uh, closed their court down every day about 2.30. Um, so it gave Dion time to get her notes together uh, and uh, to be ready at 4.35 when Ariva came on to download you on what happened every day during that trial. So I want to start, Dion, on behalf of KBLA Talk for Canadian by saying thank you for your service. Thank you for being there every day. I know it was a lot of work, uh, a lot of time invested. Uh, and thank you for doing as I ask, um, uh, which uh, allowed us to be the first station, first media outlet, period, uh, to announce the verdicts in this case. And that wouldn't have happened. We would not have been first out the blocks uh, to announce what happened in the case were it not for you. So thank you, first of all, for doing this. It's good to see you. How are you today? I am great. And I want to thank you and um, KBLA for the way you all have shown up and for the, the vision um, and, and just the, 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 the idea to even have someone in the courtroom mm-hmm. every day. This was a, a really interesting experience for me to be there and observe and not have to be the person yeah. making the objections and, and, and cross-examining. Yeah. And so it was, I think it was very important. And especially reading what I read from the L.A. Times, um, I, it was just like, I don't know, it was, it was a different mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. I, I can't say that they were... Um, Factually incorrect, but it's like we were watching two different trials. Let me go right to that. Um, Dr. West, uh, you may have heard, and I would talk about this a moment ago, um, vis-a-vis the case that the U.S. attorney put on. And by the way, let me just say, Dr. West mentioned a couple of times he's used to the New York model because he mentioned Alvin Bragg. Um, this is the U.S. attorney, of course, not the, not the district attorney. In L.A., our DA is George Gascon. George Gascon was not involved in this. I want to just make sure that I clarified that. I think our audience knows that. Um, but uh, Doc kept saying the DA. He meant, of course, the U.S. attorney's office. Uh, and so <clears throat> you were there every day as the U.S. attorney's office put this case on. I'll come to their case in just a second, but I want to follow you. Uh, When you suggested that what you were reading every day in the LA Times was a bit different than what you saw, your observations were a bit different. I'm not trying to bag on the Times, but just give me some sense of, you know, what what, what you were reporting on KBLA and what you saw, let me put it this way, the mainstream media putting forth about narratives every day out of that trial. Following the mainstream media, I would have assumed that Dr. Ridley Thomas was corrupt, Mm -hmm. that um, he had engaged in conspiracy and bribery and fraud. Mm -hmm. And because I was in there every day, I mean, every single day, I felt and experienced something different than what was being reported. And the defense said from the very beginning, and I said this on a Reva show, and I think it's worth repeating again, Tavis, they said that they were going to show that the government was not telling the whole story. They said it in their opening statement. They showed this in their cross-examination of the government's witnesses. They showed it in their own case, and they brought it up again They in their closing argument. There was evidence that the government never, sh- never brought forth, and it made a difference. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it more than gave rise to reasonable doubt. And as I've said before, the, qu- the, the credibility 
of the of the government um, itself. And so the 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 mainstream media did not um, did not portray that. They they didn't discuss those things. They didn't they did not give it to the the community and and their readership or their listenership mm-hmm. to have that information so that they can make those assessments themselves. Yeah. Which I felt that those of us in the courtroom were able to do. So how how are you juxtaposing, Doctor West? And I covered this a bit, but again, you were there. Uh, <clears throat> documenting this for us uh, every day, chronicling it for our station. H- how do you, you know, a few days removed now, because I'm still trying to figure this out myself. How do you square, how do you juxtapose the jury forewoman coming out saying publicly all the ways in which they were confused uh, by the jury instructions, by the judge's responses? How do you process the jury for a woman saying that, uh, acknowledging publicly, which I thought was startling, that many of the jurors weren't paying attention? Um, and then she says um, that they had figured over four over four day period they were pretty clear that the one hundred thousand dollar donation was legal. Those are her words, as I say in my editorial, not mine. The one hundred the one hundred k donation was legal. Um, just based on those four comments alone, how are you juxtaposing? You know, a few days after the verdicts were read in that courtroom, that they did not come to a different decision born of reasonable doubt given those comments. I'm having a hard time squaring those two things. Well, it's, it's good that you say those comments because I would always say you never know how a jury is going to come out, Tavis. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most difficult aspects of trials, particularly criminal trials where you've got a, a client with so much on the line, their life and their liberty. So I'll just, you know, premise it with that. Sure. Anything could happen. And I'm sure we, 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 call, we call it the vagaries of trial. Absolutely. The vagaries of trial. The yeah. complexities and, mm-hmm. and the imperfections, because in trial, because of the limitations of the rules of evidence, you can't always get certain things in that mm-hmm. that otherwise would could make a difference. So but to your question, I think that their questions indicated long ago that there was something confusing for them. Mm-hmm. And I and I also want to say they're they're looking at statutes, conspiracy, bribery, and the jury instructions. These are complex things that individuals go to law school for. Let me ask you a question right there, not to cut you off. Um, and I don't mean to, to, to demean the jury in any way. Um, the jury is made up of people just like you and me, everyday people. Um, but watching this every day, you're watching, you're covering it, but you're looking in their faces every day. Did you ever get the sense that this jury, this particular jury, was in over its head? Not until the questions Mm-hmm. Not until the a questions. A dozen questions asked. started coming, and yeah, yeah it, and, and I can't confirm whether this is is true or not. But it's my understanding that Daryl and Dury, lead trial counsel for um, Dr. Riley Thomas, had said that in her thirty or thirty plus years of experience, she had never uh, gotten this you know many questions from mm-hmm. um, a jury. But Tavis, it's the nature of the questions. Mm-hmm. Questions like, is there a distinction between means and method? Between illegal and unlawful. Illegal and unlawful. And can you give us the definition of honest services, please? Even the judge was a little flip about it and said, well, it's services that are not honest. I mean, it wasn't just a lot of questions, but it was the kind of questions that they were asking. You couldn't tell from their faces during the trial that they looked confused or anything. They were pretty stoic. They were attentive. But I, I... Tavis, I thought it was unusual. Yeah, um, We all are entitled in this country to be judged by a jury of our peers. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a Ph.D. from USC like Ridley Thomas does. Um, but it, it does 
mean to me at least, and I don't know how you solve this problem, but it does mean to me at least that you have to have a jury that understands the basics, the basics of what they are being asked to do. And what troubled me about those questions, to your point, it just seemed to me that they did not have a grasp on the basics of what they were in panel to do. I agree. It felt very surreal. But even above and beyond the jury instructions, part of my concern was um, I went from practicing um, law, you know, being a trial Mm -hmm. attorney, to working in academia. Mm -hmm. And it took me a few years to really gain relevant institutional knowledge about how academia works. Mm -hmm. And because I worked at that, that that large institution that, that's uh, across town from USC, mm-hmm. there are nuances. Go Bruins. I'm at it. That's you right. Say it. That's, ahead, that's yeah. right. Hey, <laughs> my son's a fifth generation Bruin. There you go. We, we in deep. But there are nuances in certain institutional you know, aspects, like all the bureaucracy that it takes to process very simple things that we do in the private sector or, or even at the county. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand why. Marilyn Flynn might be doing certain things to expedite the processing of that check. Mm-hmm. Um, I was concerned about the comment that um, the foreperson said, yeah, we knew that that check was legal. Not only was it legal for it to go to for for uh, Dr. Ridley Thomas to have uh, donated it mm-hmm. to USC, it was legal for Marilyn Flynn to donate it or send it to United Way. Mm-hmm. It was legal uh, for Dr. Ridley Thomas to send it directly to PRPI. Mm-hmm. All of those things were legal, and the expert also told us that he his public disclosure of that money was also legal and appropriate. And so I think what concerned me most of all, and there were some journalists out there, they really pressed her, mm-hmm. uh, the foreperson, because they were trying to understand what was the bribe? Mm-hmm. What was this thing of value that she got? And, she, and they said the... Um, the contract for uh, telehealth, mm-hmm. it was a contract extension. This contract went all the way back to 2016. Mm-hmm. And so the government said that, or one of their witnesses for the government said that, Marilyn Flynn had claimed, oh, we're going to get millions of dollars for this. Very quickly, very efficiently, uh, the um, defense showed that wasn't true, that the, the contract was worth $547,000 for the life of the contract. Mm-hmm. Where was the benefit to Marilyn Flynn? Mm-hmm. And, they, and they kept suggesting it was worth $8 million, not not the half million over the life of the contract. Over the life of the contract. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the complexities of jury trials and statutes and things like that, this is another thing that concerned me, is that um, and when we talk about jury of our peers, uh, Marilyn Flynn and Mark Ridley Thomas, and this is my objective mm-hmm. perspective from being there, mm-hmm. it appeared to me that they were colleagues that these were individuals who had a vision about good things that they were going to do together and for the community and for the greater good. My son, who was in his 20s, Tavis, isn't going to necessarily understand um, those kinds of relationships and how people at certain, you know, in in certain professions Mm -hmm. who have common goals, common, common good, might work together even though the other is not for quid pro quo to your point i mean let me let me put a pin in that we'll come uh, to that in a moment when we come forward um there are many people who are asking me to this very day uh, based on what you just said now how uh, suggesting to me i should say how curious it was to them that Meredith flynn did not testify uh the prosecution did not call her as a witness uh and i've got some own thoughts i got my own thoughts about why i think that's the case but let's let's go to that when we come forward you're listening to Dion raymond on kbla talk 1580 
Be sure to like and follow Tavis Smiley at The Real Tavis Smiley. And get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues when we come forward. Forward. All I need is one mic. For KBLA Talk 1580, I'm Tavis Smiley with a KBLA editorial. I've said it all along. Presumption of innocence, fundamental fairness, due process. Convicted now on seven counts in his federal bribery case, L.A. City Councilman Mark Willie Thomas scarcely got one, and his chances of getting the other two were slim to none, and Slim was out of town. Did you hear the jury forewoman's comments? The jurors were confused by the jury instructions, confused by the answers to the almost one dozen questions they sent to the judge. She acknowledged that some jurors were not even paying attention. And she said the jury knew that the $100,000 contribution from MRT was legal. But the way the jury instructions were written made them feel like they had to find MRT guilty of wire fraud. Again, those are her words. So let me offer you just three questions that I want you to ponder. One, why do you think the U.S. government spent millions of dollars of your money going after an alleged $100,000 bribe? Two, USC is in the news almost daily, it seems, for yet another violation of some law or the contestation of somebody else's humanity. But unlike all the other cases, they didn't get caught by some L.A. Times investigation. No. USC walked this particular case involving a powerful black leader into the U.S. attorney's office. Who made that decision and how and why was it made? Three, while all the focus is on the indictment of Donald Trump, are you paying attention to all the other high-profile black elected officials that are being targeted across the nation by the Justice Department? Joe Biden's Justice Department. I'll let you marinate on that for a second. The judge in one case involving a high-profile black elected threw the charges out and told the government to kick rocks. It doesn't matter who's in charge. The hunting season for black folk is always open. I do not purport to know what's next for MRT. What I do know is that his legacy of love and service to our community is intact. What I do know is that God can turn your shipwreck into a submarine. As for all the rest of us, be vigilant. Be sober, be circumspect. Just because you don't believe in conspiracy theories don't mean they ain't after you. For KBLA Talk 1580, I'm Tavis Smiley. We, of course, welcome your comments. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. Deion Raymond, I have no particular insights, but I, I ain't stupid. Uh, I was born at night, and it wasn't last night. Uh, I can tell you right now, and when I saw this uh, weeks ago, months ago, that Marilyn Flynn was not going to testify, it was abundantly clear to me, to your earlier point about the relationship, the respect that she and Mark had for each other, the work they were doing, and that there really, there really wasn't any quid pro quo. It was All of that was clear to me when I learned that she was not going to testify. When you see this witness list, uh, and she's nowhere on it, and they're not calling her as a witness. Like, you know, if, if if it were all that, and you got her to cop to something, why is she not showing up to testify against MRT? So I'm just, I'm just, I'm putting that out to augment the point you were making earlier about that relationship. I know early on when um, I was thinking about who are they going to call, mm-hmm. and I was looking at the, um, 
their witness list from their trial memorandum. And mm-hmm. the initial list just had um, initials. They didn't have names. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't see any from Marilyn Flint. And mm-hmm. the whole time I'm thinking, well, where is Marilyn Flint? And I would imagine, Tavis, everybody is asking, where is Marilyn Flint? Because when I read in, um, that she had um, taken a deal, the first thing I thought was, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. They're going to march her up in here, sure. and she's going to testify. Er, everybody thought that. Everybody thought that, yeah. and it never happened. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, to, to what extent the jury wondered about that. You know, they're they're instructed to not speculate, no. but that it has to be in the back of their mind. Where's Marilyn Flynn? And I'm and I'm and I'm thinking that she didn't have anything to say that was going to help their case. Yeah. What do you make of the fact that for four days, again, according to the jury forewoman, for four days they were stuck, not stuck, they were convinced. They were certain of this factoid that the hundred thousand dollar donation was legal. She made that very clear, the jury for a woman. And then on that fifth day, something happened. Something about the way they read those instructions um, caused them to do a 180. And they end up working not from the top down, but from the bottom up to find their way into a wire fraud. But for four days, I mean, he, I've thought about this for the last three or four days. It seems to me that MRT, and nobody said this publicly, but I'm going to say it. If, as I take her comments, the jury for a woman, MRT was this close potentially to acquittal. He was this close to an acquittal because they said the $100,000 was legal. And then on that fifth day, bam, something happened. In the way they read those instructions, they go back in the room, they look at it again, they start all over, they go from the from the bottom to the top, and they essentially back their way into this. If, if you're there every day. Am I misreading this? No, that's exactly what she said. I, I was standing there when she yeah. said it. And it answered a question in my mind. Because as they were delivering the, de- deliberating those days, I thought, if you vote not guilty for conspiracy and bribery, how do you reach um, wire fraud and mail fraud? Exactly. And so she answered the question. They, they didn't find guilty for conspiracy and bribery, and they went all the way to honest services fraud, and they felt that the way the jury instructions were worded, that the evidence supported um, a conviction mm-hmm. for mail and wire fraud. And so they, just as you just described, they worked backwards. And so I, I think it's going to be Kindle and, and all kinds of um, uh, fodder for appeal. Yeah, yeah it, it, there, there, there will certainly be an appeal. But I, again, I, I want to put a final point on this. If you listen not to Tavis, not to Ariva, not to Dion Raymond, not to the defense counsel, if you listen to the jury forum, it appears that they were literally this close on day four to an acquittal. And it flipped 180 degrees. We ended up with seven convictions because they worked their way backwards, not working their way forward. And if I'm MRT, I'm livid when I hear the jury forewoman. I'm hopeful about my appeal, but I'm also livid because I realize how close I was to the truth coming out, how close I was to an acquittal. And something, back to Dr. West, we started our with Keith Sweat. Something, something just ain't right. Something happened on that fifth day. And it's got to be unnerving uh, to be in that situation. I digress for the moment. I remain in moments with Dion Raymond when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. We may be LA's newest talk station, but when you're punching above your weight, it's not about whether you can throw a punch. Can you take a punch? We're unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. And we don't black down. Interrogating your assumptions. 
inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Got three minutes left uh, with Dion Raymond here. Let me do this right quick. Uh, number one, um, there were many people who expected that at 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 the very least that there'd be a, a hung jury in this case. Were you one of those persons? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really thought there was a possibility of just outright acquittal. Again, because of the wonderful job that the defense team did in terms of um, impeaching their star witness, yeah. uh, FBI Special Agent Brian Atkins, and uh, cross-examining all of the, the government's witness. And, and the trial clinic that they that they put on by calling, what, 18 um, witnesses in two days yeah. and, and the way they um, fine-tuned their, du- their direct examination, it, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And again, um, and, I, and I know I'm repeating, but it's worth repeating, they, they raised reasonable doubt. Yeah. Um, you mentioned to me in one of our private conversations um, that uh, you were being in that courtroom, courtroom every day in a trial of this stature and this magnitude. Had you thinking about the late, great uh, Johnny Cochran? Absolutely. Um, I miss Johnny every day. Yeah. And um, I thought about how he would have, um, you know, done this or what he may have done differently. And, and, and I don't think that he that that he necessarily would. But he talks about what it what it means to be a criminal defense attorney mm-hmm. and what a person has to give in order to not just be a profiteer of, of pain. And I think that they they carry that spirit very well, especially Mark, in, Mark's team. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, sure. especially Daryl and Dury in mm-hmm. her closing arguments, because somehow you've got to tell a story, but you've got to take this um, this story and tell it in a way that it moves from the head, from mm-hmm. the intellect, and into the heart so that they can actually um, have a, a real feeling sense of what's, what's happening from the defense perspective. Let me close on this note with uh, uh, 60 seconds to go. Um, what you felt covering every day and what I felt sort of watching and listening to you cover it every day I think it's being borne out by the way the story is being written. And there are all kinds of articles, as Dr. West and I were discussing earlier in this hour, that make it clear that what MRT is receiving now is not public rebuke, uh, not scorn, but tribute, love. A whole lot of people are disappointed and hurt by the way this thing has ended, and yet it ain't even over yet because the, the fat lady ain't done singing yet. There's, there's the appeal process. But what do you make of the way that even the media now is covering this? that people are really disturbed by this and upset and hurt by this. As they should be, because many of them were there every day. And, and that attendance, it, it never waned. It, it was consistent. They were filling the courtroom every day. And they had they were able to see what was going on. And it just didn't feel like justice had been served. Yeah. Um, we've come uh, to love and respect Dion Raymond over these last uh, uh, last four weeks or so. And uh, I was saying to somebody last night, somebody asked me, so what happens to Dion Raymond now? I said, I don't know, but she ain't getting too far away from me. Uh, we're going to find something for Dion Raymond to do around here <laughs> because whether MRT is on trial or not, uh, there are so many other legal issues that uh, are being, uh, need to be tracked. And so we're going to, we're going to, I can assure you, this is not the last time you will hear the voice of Dion Raymond, but Dion, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of thank all you, of our Dad. listeners, everywhere I went, people were just tuning in to you every day to hear you. So thank you for an amazing job and good to have you come in today. Thank you so much. Hour three of Tavis Smiley after news, traffic and sports on KBLA Talk. 15.